Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop, the podcast, all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise, and joining me shortly in a little bit is Biko. Hello, everyone. Hold on, we're having a little technical difficulties, so we have a little furry friend here joining us. All right, Biko, you're on. Hello, 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 everyone. Sorry about that. I know, we got a little free friend in this queue right now. Okay, well, once again, it's going to be another heavy um, heavy news day, basically, because a lot of shit happened. Uh, we'll start with sports. Uh, the Tom Brady decides to call it after a 22-season career. Wait, what? Uh, Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement through social media. He posted four um, shots on Twitter. Officially calling a career after 22 years, meaning he has no more commitments. So he did finalize his two, did commit to his two-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, during the tweets, he thanked the organization, thanked the, the staffers, the players, the coaching staff, um, also the fans. He also, you know, thanked the Patriots um, organization as well. And he wants to focus more on his his brands that he has. Um, I autograph IO. That's the NFT he's done. Um, the T B twelve brand and some other brands work out as well. And yeah, he's got like a he's doing they're doing like a clothing collection launch. He's doing with Nordstrom. It's like a performance athleisure type of mm-hmm. clothing line, which I'm sure all the fanboys will eat up. Uh, and if you know Tom Brady, he probably has access to a lot of uh, a lot of you know probably influential people in the, in the, these industries. And I for one, I mean I. I looked at the clothing line. It looks pretty nice. So I, I, I'm not surprised he's going to have other pursuits outside of football. That's going to help him kind yeah, of he said it's good. He's spread his it. legacy. I think he's taking it like, right, the way I was reading his tweets this morning was more like he's doing like a day-by-day, you know, just letting it settle in. You know, that's crazy. After 22 years, you know, <laughs> being the being in existence for opposing teams, especially with us with being with the Bears or the Steelers. Of course, Steelers, you know, Ben Roethlisberger retired, and now it's like that's a guy who followed all his career, all 18 years with the Steelers, you know. I know our cousins, like, our, I know our cousin, our mutual cousin is a big Tom Brady fan, so I wonder he's probably taking it pretty hard. But, you know, being the guy, who, I would say nobody would go against him. Seven Super Bowls with two teams, six with the Patriots, and one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know. It's going to be hard to clips for being almost like 22 years in the NFL, you know. Ever since being drafted in 2000. So it's like 22 years, dude. It's just like, you know, I don't know. It'd be hard to live up to that kind of legacy. And he can see, he's can, I would say I respect him as a competitor. I would say he is one of the greatest of all time. 
in football. He's out there with Joe Montana, Steve Young, you know, Phil Sims, Terry Bradshaw, you know, and all the greats when it comes to quarterbacks, Brad Favre, even though I'm a Bear fan. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like for a fact he, he's working on he's gonna focus on his business like his investments and stuff. You know, it's TB12. I know he has that TB12 program, that book he wrote. That yeah. nutritional plan he wrote. It's like the Brady Method or something. The like Brady that. Method. I mean, looking for a guy who look good at his age. So, yeah, it's sad to see him go. But it's like, you know, it's that time where you no longer have that competitive edge or any commitments. So, he did He did commit to his two-year career with the Tampa Buccaneers. Two-year agreement. So, he was stuck at a free agent. So, so we'll see what happens. I would say Nice retiring. In five years, he'll be eligible for the Hall of Fame. So he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Don't die about it. He, Ben Roxenberger, they're going to be like first line, first ballot Hall of Famers in the next five years. Him and uh, Roethlisberger? Yeah, Roethlisberger retired too after 18 years. Oh. Yeah. He's won two of Super Bowls as well. Oh, yeah, he does. And he, he did win a Super Bowl. Remember, he won a Super Bowl 40 in his second year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Which, right now, it's like, like Joe Burrow right now who's with the Cincinnati Bengals in his first Super Bowl in the second year of his Grand NFL career as well. I mean, it's going to be Bengals and Rams, which I'm looking forward. At least it's different teams. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. you got Matthew Stafford, who spent most of his career with Detroit Lions, gets traded to L.A. Rams, and going to his first Super Bowl. I mean, like I said, Joe Burrow, second year of Cincinnati, going to his first Super Bowl. Let's just see what happens February 13th. And I can't wait for the commercials too as well. <laughs> I know there have been like a lot of companies have been doing like snip, like sneak peeks. Slowly sneak peeks into what the what the Super Bowl commercials are going to be. I mean, so I have plans for it. So, yeah. So, like I said, congrats to Tom Brady on a, you know, stellar NFL career. And we're looking forward to what you do with your next years of your businesses. Okay, next thing of news. Like I said, this is Pop News 2022, number two this year. Um, the big thing that happened yesterday, which made headlines, was Bungie is joining PlayStation. It was been announced yesterday. This is, I pulled up PlayStation blog, and they say they announced that the blog says they're for three point that their first off. This is all written by. Jim Ryan, who's president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, he wrote the PlayStation blog. And he says, Today I'm happy to announce Bungie will be joining the PlayStation family. First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. As such, we believe it makes sense for us to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization. We are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between the two world-class groups. Since I last spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie management team to develop the right relationships, but will be fully backed, supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment, and able to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate billions of people. And the deal is going to be $3.6 million. Uh, let's try to pull up here. This is what Herman who says. Um, he's one of the, this is the quote he said. Um, he's one that he's uh, head of the PlayStation Studios. He says, I'm absolutely thrilled to announce a new member we joined the PlayStation family. I've been a Bungie fan, been a fan of Bungie for many years. I have admired and enjoyed the games that it create. I have great respect for their skill in building worlds that gamers want to explore again and again. Bungie makes games with outstanding technology that are enormously fun to play. They also have unmatched dedications to communities that play their games, and everyone at PlayStation and the PlayStation Studios 
We'll be excited about what we can share and learn from them. I've spent a great deal of time with the senior team at Bungie, and it's clear that their experience and skills are highly complementary to our own. We will be ready to welcome and support Bungie as they contribute to Koro, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds as a incredible team. So this is what CEO of um, Peter Pars Pete Parsons said, CEO of Bungie. We believe games have limited potential, and to do anything worthwhile in entertainment, you must bet big on our vision on our studio, and our incredible team of trusted creators who built unforgettable worlds that truly matter to people. In Sony, we have found a partner who unconditionally supports us all in We Are, and who wants to accelerate our vision to create generation-spanning entertainment, all while preserving the creative independence that beats in Bungie's heart. Like us, Sony believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IPs can become. Together, we share our dream of creating and fostering iconic franchises that unite friends around the world, families across generations, and fans across multiple platforms and entertainment mediums. Today, Bungie begins our journey to become a global multimedia entertainment company. So, what do you think of this whole deal? I mean, um, I didn't have to think of it because uh, I called it. I I said either PlayStation starts buying up some big developers or they're going to fall behind and we're going to see another, uh, just another console bot where unfortunately Xbox or Microsoft and their umbrella of products and stuff were going to end up winning as far as them snatching up Activision, which I saw today that that's kind of still, it's getting investigated by the uh, uh What's that? One of those... Uh, oh, not, I know. It's about the Federal FTC? Change Commission. Yeah, the FTC. Yeah, uh, Remember, they always do that for when it comes to any mergers and acquisitions. Well, they have to, to, go. Not, to make sure it's not a monopolizing competition. Uh, no, because apparently... Well, I'm not going to be a defender for Microsoft, but for them to already initiate an FTC clearance review over that, and it's only been a week... Well, a week that they've announced this publicly. This shit happens behind closed doors along... like. For months, maybe sometimes years on end, but uh, for the FTC to get involved now, um, which doesn't say that Microsoft still won't win the purchase. And I mean, Disney got their clearance with how much they bought. But and, look how long it took for the Fox and Disney deal to right. Through. But that went, doesn't. But that doesn't necessarily. They're very similar, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's another entertainment media media industry that. Is not been mon monopolized as of yet. Uh, it kind of is if you were to think between three companies holding the majority of the market. Yes, it's monopolized in that aspect. But as far as us seeing Microsoft buying a big company developer, and then we see PlayStation buying another, I guess I want to say quote unquote big developer. Um, let alone one that's worked with Microsoft in the past and, and helped them kind of launch their consoles with success as far as having video games and, and obviously IP is concerned. Um, I, I'm not surprised that it... I am surprised that they picked Bungie, though. I mean, this is... I've, I've been reading, like, stuff, too. Like, about it. it's saying that apparently this is not over. Like, Sony is looking at other development studios as well just to build IPs. But at the same time... I think now they're starting to be more open, not just focusing on just the Sony brand, but simply now expanding beyond our platform, seeing how the popularity of these games are, or these IPs are. I mean, you got PlayStation now that's now just available, not only on, you know, on Sony PlayStation, but also available on PC. So you have that streaming service. And at the same time, MLB The Show, a gaming series that used to be just PlayStation, 
this last season was available for Xbox due to a new agreement with the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. Player Association. To now, you got now Xbox users, Microsoft users get to enjoy the same thing as PlayStation is playing MLB the Show, which has the best you know baseball simulation, has the ability to create your player because it also has a role playing aspect where you take your player prospect from the minors to that Major League Baseball. I mean, you compare like you said the Fox and Disney merger, and of course, you know, Crunchyroll, same thing. Crunchyroll and Funimation, you know, that acquisition, well, went through like, it went through the FCC too. Until it finally, because of course, it's because they were afraid of the monopolization of the anime industry in Japan, but also here in the US. But remember, it's only Japan that bought, that owns Funimation. They own a majority share of Funimation, and they're buying Crunchyroll from Warner Media. So, like, now that the deal went through, but right now, since, you know, because Crunchyroll acquires some things from Viz Media Europe, that's why they had to look at that, because Netflix putting more investment into anime itself. That's why they had to look to make sure there's no monopolization. Look at that. That they went through. Right now, Crunchyroll information at this time are still working independently still. But I know with mergers, it takes time. It takes time for, you know, assets to get shared, people getting situated in new positions, um, but with this case, with the way that this is making it sound, they're just going to be under the PlayStation Villa, so they'll be working independently and stuff, and they're able to work with our other platforms. That's the key thing, it's from the two quotes from the two, like, heads, you know? And like I said, it's one of the big surprises, but I will say it's a good investment. I mean, if Warren for Bungie, Halo would have been the biggest IP for Microsoft. Now that 343 Studios... Took over when Bungie went independent. And then Bungie was under Activision. So Activision until they broke away from Activision as well. It just shows like this this developer was first independent. And remember, they started in Chicago. They were originally in Chicago. They were based in Chicago. And so they got, had to get, when they got bought by Microsoft, they had to move to California. So... They have shown, you know, yes, the last IP they did was Destiny, but I think now, you know, with the Destiny thing still being played, now with Sony, they probably have a better, you know, chance to create some new IPs. Not just for PlayStation, but for, you know, Microsoft and, like, PC as well. So, to me, this is a good investment on, my, on Sony's part. I guess. Um, I, I mean, I get it. it yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because it's... Sony being competitive on their end by, I want to say, playing to Microsoft's quote-unquote bluff of, of, you know, Mm -hmm. of them acquiring big developers, let alone competitive developers who are continuing to make properties that sell well in the market. Because that's the key thing. Um, Fans and and people who play video games and, and who love the culture and stuff can be fans and stuff and all that and all power to them for being enthusiasts but they don't pay these companies bills albeit these companies want to make the best bang for their buck on these investments and these creations of ip and so that's where i kind of say it's a no because bungie's made what was the last thing they made destiny 2 and yeah. then dlc following it it's still the same game mm-hmm just because you make DLC, it provides variety to the game, yes. But you're still playing the same game. And people like new and shiny coats. This is the reason why there's always a new Call of Duty out every year. There's always a new sports game out every year. 
we know they always play the same somewhat, but there's always a new thing that gets thrown into the mix, right? Mm-hmm. So, Destiny has been playing this whole let's create DLCs. Destiny's a pretty, a fairly old game. It's been around since what? The 360? Yeah. Okay. They've they've only made two so far, and we're already on the third, fourth Xbox, give or take. And they've only had two games where their DLC their DLC expands further more than what the games were put in mm-hmm. or that were originally developed to make. So, and I'm not counting Bungie out for making new stuff. They're good. They make stuff that's fun and playable. Obviously, Destiny has some similarities to Halo, but all in all, it's a fun game to play with your friends. I played both. But that's it. So, am I excited to see them develop something cool for Sony? They, which they will. They just got a fucking purchase. They have money now to play with where they can invest in getting talent to help create a new thing. All power to them on that front. But if you want a good game, how long does that take to develop? And Bungie's not the most let-me-churn-a-game-every-year type of company, which mm-hmm. I'm glad they aren't because we're living in this damn age where everything has to be every fucking year and it suffers in quality and I hate the quality quantity of quality aspects so I think because too because the whole I think CD Project Red pretty much kind of made basically well they just show they just showed that you can slap a movie star on there we love Keanu but I love talking shit what shit is do and you can throw a movie character a movie star on there you can make the game uh, this much things but if it sucks when it comes out people are going to talk shit about it right away and what do you do? Yeah, you you should have taken the time in the beginning. Which no, you know because you, you pretty much misled stockholders because you said it. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like now that Bungie doesn't have to necessarily do that, they just have to make something good that's gonna sell. I think yeah, because that's it. CD Projekt pretty much set the bar roll high now because now it's like these developers now have to like follow through on their promises of these games because I mean they're still fixing the bat. They're still fixing um, Cyberpunk. I have not bought that game. Right. And it's funny that Kiramari's never played that game until he well, saw the Well, he doesn't have it. to. Like, and he does he even have time? I, I fucking doubt it. But like, that's what I mean. Is is where? Yes, these two companies, Microsoft and Sony, respectively, have have gathered big developers in their wheelhouse to put to. It's part of their arsenal when it comes to remaining competitive in the video game space. Yes. Um. Microsoft, I feel like, would have the advantage just because Activision seems to be able to turn out various titles and not just the ones that are their big money makers. Mm-hmm. Hence why I'm like, Bungie is a good acquisition, but it still puts you in a in a disadvantage because yeah. we're talking Bungie versus Activision. Like, if we're going to just go toe-to-toe, we're talking, like, what's a better purchase here? We're talking Burger King versus McDonald's at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I never hear anybody always say, oh, I better go get my fucking croissant sandwich. I can't live without having my croissant sandwich in the morning. Nobody says that. Like, I hear more people saying, I can't wait to have, like, my fucking saucer. Or, like, people say, oh, I got to stop at Mickey D's or whatever. I'm not, no, no, file to Burger King. But let's be honest here. Like, McDonald's is the more popular one all around. Yeah. Burger King has its fans just like anything else. That's what America's all about, competition. But, like... In this case, it's like, that's cute, Sony, but as someone who likes what Bungie puts out, we're talking, what, another four years until you make a game? (laughs) 
And that's when the next console comes out, probably? Because what? We were still living in unforeseeable things. Inflation's taking on. You just don't see it as much yet. Just You see it. It's, it's around. Other countries, yeah. I see Supply chains are still yeah. having... Like, this shit still isn't gone. Like, I know. All the like, other stuff that they're holding up is still going the same. Yeah, so, it's hard to find potatoes right now. Like, frozen potatoes. Like, yeah, potatoes are really short. Everything. Right everything. Everything is, still, like, supplies are still limited right now because of the COVID, you know? Well, it's just... Yeah, and things are moving... Because the, the variance... Up to standard of what people are used to. So... Yeah. It's nice to see these big companies acquire things to remain relevant, but like, I see these investments as a, a solid thing for the industry because it still shows that people are gaming, um, and and people are still showing interest in, in getting next gen consoles and and being and want to participate in next gen technology as yeah, far I, as I contributing think because to too, the reason too is because you saw in twenty twenty like oh now we're going back two years. Saw an influx of people playing video games during the pandemic. It was like an increase in video game sales. Like PC, like Twitch became real popular, like streaming-wise. Because that's what people were doing. They were were playing video games because they couldn't go outside. Either some were lucky enough to work from home. Others like myself, who worked in an essential business, had to go out there on the front lines. And, you know, I need some time to unwind and stuff. And video games was my outlet, you know. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because they got to look at, like I said, it's a good investment, you know. They can be able to create some new IPs. And I like for the fact that they're letting them work on other platforms, not just on exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're still going to be, you know, they're going to have their bosses and stuff. They're just going to be under the Sony umbrella. So, yeah, it, it's like a big shot. I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a big shot, but I don't think it's kind of up against, you know, Microsoft's purchase of Activision. Because you got a name like Activision who's been known since the 70s. Whose name was synonymous in the 70s? Bungie's name was synonymous in the early, like, 2000s. So we'll wait to see what kind of things they got that have come ahead. And based on those quotes, you know, they're, they're looking bright. Looking bright in the future ahead, you know? And they should, you know? Like, they... they Sony's never... It's never going to be... I feel like it's never going to be a place to where it's like, oh, I'm only going to get a PlayStation because it only develops for these games. And I think... I think now it's becoming to the point they make it for everybody now. It's like they make it Well, for they people. have to. They can't just be that. That's what because I'm saying. Is that they because can't just be people that. People have friends that, you know, some like PlayStation, some like Xbox. That's why they got to start making these games that are cross-platform. Because they probably got friends who play PC. That's why they, come out, they have to come up with games that are available to be on cross-platform, you know? That people get to play with friends, you know? People have their preferences, you know. People like PC. People like consoles, you know. People like playing games on their phone, especially with me. I'm so obsessed with Arknights right now. <laughs> I make up so infatuated with Arknights, and then I found out they're making an anime of it. They're making an anime based on the game, which is cool because it's like a tower defense game. And I remember balloons. Remember balloons? Tower defense. That's what Arknights is. It's basically like the same basically thing. The same. It's like tower defense, which is kind of cool. Each character has their own abilities and stuff. Free plug creator of Dark Knights. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. It's a mobile game you can play with friends and stuff. Like, you can send supporters and stuff. It's kind of cool. And it's a good story and everything's got a good story. And they give you an OP character from starting. Nice. And you get to do, like... It's like gotcha games so you get random ones but you also acquire some during if you play through the story and stuff as well. But it's a good game. Check it out, Arknights. It's on mobile. Um. So, where are that. Um, I did want to talk about this. This was released two days ago. Um... Relating 
Because I know you're a big Halo fan. Uh, Paramount Plus, remember a couple years ago, they announced that they're de they were developing a Halo TV series. They just released a couple days ago. They just released trailer. the official trailer for TV series. I think it looks like more of a CG trailer. Like a CG animated show, probably. Because... I saw still shots of it. I have not seen the first trailer, so this is a first for me. I just saw screenshots. Yeah. People were like to look at the screenshots, but let's go ahead and play it. Here we go. March 24th, it looks like. It's stated. Oh, so it's live action, looks like. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. Master Chief! Master Chief, huh? Oh god, it looks so badass. The Master Chief was enhanced and trained for one purpose. To win this war. He and the other Spartans. Oh, that's cool. Well, they had to bring some more characters, actually. Oh, look how they look, too. The girl, the... And most importantly, controllable. The forces appear to be excavating some kind of object. Dude, it looks badass. What they did to us. Oh, that's kind of cool. They're showing kind of the origins. That's kind of cool. Like the Spartan program. What does one do with a superhuman you're not sure you can trust? Hello, Master Chief. <laughs> I'm Cortana. Oh. Well, that's... Interesting. Why don't they just have Cortana look like Cortana? She recovered something. Save your drink. Halo. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at the ships, dude. Humans. Surrender to Oh, that's new. Oh, look at that. He was fun. It's nice. But that's kind of cool. Like, have you been working for the company? That's kind of like a... Oh, the hell? We're in the war. All in the air tonight. That's not cool. So what you think of that, dude? Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest things I saw, like the Cortana, like why they I understand it. Why does Cortana look like Cortana? Why is she not purple, right? It's gotta be the Pierce, right? I get well, I get it, but I I guess it makes sense to make her more human looking. Cause technically she was she's an AI and of course if you read the novels they were based off humans. These were based off like the creators, like, yeah. Create them, like if you read the like I have the novels like the the Fall Reach, which dwells into the origins of the Spartan program. Um, like these kids, like if you read the books, read the Halo books because it kind of expands the lore. And I can see how they did flashbacks. Like yeah, these were kids. Basically, what the Spartan program was. Spoiler alert: If you haven't read the books, definitely I suggest them. But basically, these were kids where. They were actually clones. They actually were clones of children. They were actually clones. They, what they did was the military pretty much saw these kids, took a sample of them, made clones of them, 
and took those same kids and pretty much enhanced them, gave them special abilities, pretty much made them super soldiers. But the ability to pretty much obey orders. And they were kid, they were drawn in into hardcore boot camp. You know, I remember in the novel. There's a point where they had to go and basically they were dumped off somewhere, and they had to find a way to get back to base. And they had like the instructors be kind of like that. The instructors pretend to be you know bad guys or something. And it was a really good book. And the way they had to go do survivor training and stuff. And I like for a fact that I mean it looks pretty good. Like visual effect wise, visuals looks pretty good. I'm just doesn't say what studio doing it. I'm assuming it has to be Paramount that's doing it. And it's good. It's gonna be on Paramount Plus, so it's gonna be interesting. It's good that they're doing video games. That's honestly this is what they should do. I mean, yeah, we're gonna get the Sonic movie, but something like this, like Halo, it's great they're gonna do it as a series versus a film. So they kept talking about a film. They got kept pushed back and pushed back, pushed back, and then all of a sudden they said, "Oh, Halo should be HBO." So he was working, wasn't working it. That never fell through. So Paramount decided to pick up the pieces. Yeah. And I like for the fact they decided to make it as a series so they can stretch the narrative. Well, especially, yeah, and especially with video games, like, they have to, they can't, just like with anything you make, you can't expect your audience, let alone if you're trying to get new people to watch your thing, you can't expect everyone to understand where your character comes from, and you have to provide some sort of exposition for them. So this is a good way to do it. Very Mandalorian uh, type feel, of feel yeah. and how it looks. Um, I like the guy I, like flashbacks looks like. Yeah, I mean you have to like you have to because it's at the end of the day you're doing the same thing Mandalorian does. When we, we're probably just gonna get thrusted into a guy in a, in a superhuman in a super mechanized suit essentially, and that's a I mean, and we're just gonna get a voice and we're gonna have to. So follow this we, character through through its perspective, but like hopefully we'll see his face. I'm just curious to see. We, we we probably won't. Not not in the beginning. I feel like that's what. No, I'm not gonna say that's what ruined the the, the last season, of most recent season of Mandalorian. But I think. Probably you can't do anything after. I knew that. the voice was anyway. So I mean. Well, but I know, but like what I mean in the casual fan viewing, like. Oh, because the Mandalore culture and stuff. No, I just. Well, yeah, like you're it, just when you're writing a story, presenting a character. I'm not saying you aren't gonna have a reveal at. At a, at some point, uh, the Mandalorian did okay because based on the context we're providing in the story, it made sense for him to finally re- reveal the helmet. But overall, as you were following the character from season one to season two, you were still following him, regardless if you were going to see his face or not ever. You yeah, never told this. He was this. only scripted into the Mandalorians. He wasn't like a true Mandalorian. He was just. A I know, but that does that's besides the point. What I'm yeah. saying is that like you're the way the writer's going to set up the. The character, and if you're only given that we're seeing this person, we'll never see their face. Yeah. Because every human wants to see a face. And so, with this particular character, Master Chief, I'm better if they don't ever show his face. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just. That takes. If they show his face, that takes away the whole point of why he was made. I get it, they're going to throw in human aspect because that's what, like, it is in the books. If you do read the books, you check it out. Um, it will only make. The series a little more fruitful and understand, and you'll. They're understand really good books. Bigger, they're, gonna let you bigger, they're really good, dude. They're really good. You'll have a better fan. frame of mind for how you understand the lore. Movie. I'm, I'm a big Halo fan. Like, it's like they're not on PlayStation, but I still I'm a fan of the, the, the lore. I have a Master Chief fi- action figure down somewhere downstairs, so I do have that. Um, I mean, it's because remember, I grew up Xbox, and you know, I'm PlayStation now, but I grew up Xbox a little bit, so 
I'm happy to see it. Like, like I said, it's good to see video games now. I mean, yeah, there's doing some films. But I would say if they do films, do it more like, you know, the ones that are like, you know, animals and stuff that are animated. I would do that and just focus on making the video games like more of a series because you can stretch out the lore more. Or anime. But speaking of anime, especially now Netflix just posted the first poster of the Scott Program versus the World anime that's going to come out on Netflix soon. Which I can't wait to see. Hopefully Edgar Rice will be producing and hopefully they'll get the cast from the films and do the voices. So I can't wait. I saw the first poster. I think I showed you Beagle, the first poster. So of the art style, you can tell they kind of like saw Brian Lee O'Malley. They took his art style. Yeah. So he's probably going to be, you know, he's the creator of Scott Program. So I wouldn't be surprised to be executive producer and character designer as well. And probably showing the studios he's working with, like the style and stuff. But hopefully they'll get the, you know, they'll have the main character, like the voices from the movies. I mean, I won't be surprised that Edgar Wright's be producing as well because he's the one who kind of campaigned for it. So it'll be cool to see Michael Sarah and all them reprise their roles and the voices. So it'll be kind of cool because then they can expand more Scott Program. They could, you know, look into his high school life more instead of in the, in the book and the graphic novels instead of like just flashbacks. They can expand the arc more, show more Scott in high school, more of Ramona in high school, like expand the story, you know. Like Scott and Kim's relationship, or the girl Lisa, like Scott and Lisa's relationship, which never got talked about in the film. Let's talk about more in the graphic novel. You know, the things with knives, you know, they get to expand, you know, take their time with the, the 70 axis, because it took a while. Of course, in the movie, he had to fight all of them. But if you read the graphic novels, it takes time before he fights all of them. If you read the graphic novels, guys. So, a lot of stuff that's coming soon, and speaking of now, SWAT Cats has been announced to be rebooted. <laughs> Remember SWAT Cats? Yeah. Here, I'll read it right here. It's on comicbook.com. SWAT, it says headlines by Tiffany Adams from comicbook.com. Headline is SWAT Cats reboot in the works. It says here, a reboot of the popular 90s animated series SWAT Cats is in the works from the show's creators. Christian and Devon Temblay are collaborating with India's Toons Media Group for SWAT Cats Revolution. The new series is billed as being... For kids in the range of 5 to 11 years old, featuring new characters fighting alongside our heroes, Razor and T-Bone. Kids who report Swatcats Revolution is already in pre-production for global distribution through tunes. The company has a new international linear kids channel to help its air its backlog of content. So they just show the... Here's the first like picture of it. So they're not going to be the only heroes, but of course you're going to have Razor and T-Bone, but it looks badass. It says the cats are back. It's by the creators. At least the creators are being involved with it. Yeah. I remember that series. That series was a good series, dude. I can't wait. This is what they say. Um, um, Maku Kareya, the former senior entertainment enterprise executive, was highest president of Media Networks last year. He says he will bring our shows wherever there's new content, content golf and animation, which all these internationally across cultural bears. It's a lot of potential for us to grow. And it says Wattcast is a day shit because he used to be on Turner, yeah. So I get this. We can't wait to see how it comes up. So that's kind of cool. They're doing a reboot of uh, SWAT Cats. So I can't wait to see that. That was a good show. I remember never talking. I remember watching this YouTube channel called Toy Galaxy, which I do recommend, guys. Check it out. The guy, um, the guy is on there. He talks about all these old shows, talk about the merchandise and why they got canceled or something. He did one on SWAT Cats, so it was really good. Definitely check that out if you're into like the old lore and stuff behind behind TV shows. It's called Toy Galaxy. So with that, so what do you think of that? Swat Kids? I don't know if you remember Swat Kids too much. I do, but I mean, it's whatever. I guess, yeah, like it's just another 
This is just another cartoon that they're going to try to reach for, but I I don't know why. I, I remember it. It's just, it's kind of like just why, but hey, whatever. People like cats. It's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me go ahead and pull this up. There's a lot of news today. Ooh, I got so much stuff. Oh yeah, we'll switch over to wrestling news a little bit. Um, I have seen Royal Rumble, ah, uh, twenty twenty two. I would say I was okay. Wasn't the greatest. Didn't have the same impact as the one from two years ago when Edge returned. It was mediocre at best. Um, but the big highlight for me was two wrestlers showed their love for anime. Sasha Banks came out as number one. She was dressed as Sailor Moon. She had a Sailor Moon Spire outfit. And um, Tia Trinidad, who goes by Selena Vega, came out as Madara Uchiha. And technically she's Queen Selena because she won Queen the Ring. They actually, for her entrance, they had the English voice of Madara Uchiha. Do the voice, all hail the queen. And it's like she came out in an inspired outfit. It was cool seeing some anime being featured in the Royal Rumble. And they are so, they are anime fans. So they did say they were fun doing that. And, of course, we saw the return of Ronda Rousey. She won the Women's Royal Rumble. And Bad Bunny came out again. He came out for the Royal Rumble. It was a big surprise. That was only a big surprise. Of course, Giant Maxwell came out as well. But he was promoting Jackass. Yeah. But he did, what was cool about it is... He did a tribute to Andy Kaufman because he came out like on what talk show he came out on Jimmy Kimmel. He had he was dressed like uh, Andy Kaufman he had the crown and everything, and he came out like a Andy Kaufman inspired gear, wearing gear. And he took some good bumps, and I think it's to promote Jackass Forever that's coming out next um, this month mm-hmm. in theaters. Which honestly, I grew up on Jackass. I'll probably check it out just because I grew up on it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm sure it'll be fun. I saw Eric Andres in it, and they got some new cast members now. And I think Eric Andres, based on the trailers, he's involved in a lot of segments. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see because, I mean, we grew up on it. And it's probably this last one they're doing just to, like, go out with a bang, basically. So. But I did see this news that broke about a former WWE wrestler. Apparently, um, his name is Dean Muthandi, who competing in WWE as Mojo Rawley reveals his near-death experience with COVID-19 and his plans to return to wrestling. Um, this article is written by John Everdon, and it says here, um, former WWE superstar Mojo Rawley, also known as Dean Muthandi. I remember I seen him on ESPN a couple of times, too. He was a former uh, player for, uh, college football player for, he went to the same college as uh, Robert Gronkowski, so they're like for like college teammates. So he says here, because um, it's been one year, I think he's released. He's like, he's talking about his experience with COVID. He says here, I've been asked, this is from him, and he quotes, I've been asked a ton about when I want to come back to wrestling or if I'm officially retired, so let me go ahead and answer that now. Rolling told on Instagram. Well, 19 months ago, I got COVID extreme valley. I had to go to the hospital. I almost died. My lungs were just in really bad shape, so much that in the beginning, I couldn't have any extra pressure on my lungs, or else it would suffocate me. I couldn't even speak for days on end because I couldn't get enough air in to talk. It looks like he did like an Instagram video. He says here, maybe the scariest part of the whole thing was the fact that the doctors had no idea what to say because it was so new. He continued. But fast forward 19 months later, I'm not quite 100%. 
But I'm getting pretty close. My train has been kicked up and I'm feeling good enough to announce officially that I'm coming back to wrestling, baby. COVID thought it got me, but it must have forgot. I stay hype. So that's kind of cool that, you know, it's a real positive, you know, that's a real positive thing, you know, because that's crazy. He got it during the pandemic, dude. That's freaking nuts. And that's when it was still new. And to go through that experience, like it sucks, dude. Like I said, people get COVID differently. But him, you know, coming from an athlete, you know, from a collegiate athlete, you know, professional wrestler, getting diagnosed, like, Dealing with that like illness one, it was still like new, still fresh, and did people doctors didn't know how to fight it? It's freaking nuts, man. So I reach I re, I wish um Dimitri well and I'm glad that he's working his way back to the ring. I would say he was an underrated wrestler in WWE. He was underrated. I loved his character, the whole stay hype and stuff. It was a good character. It's just a one way of WWE not knowing how to use their talent properly. But that's how the real one was. It was so honestly, it was like so cringy, dude. I would say the only highlight was the Seth Rollins versus um, Roman Reigns match, which opened up Royal Rumble. And it was crazy because um, Seth Rollins came out in the Shield entrance, you know, going to the crowd. He even had the alpha and everything just to intimidate Roman. But right now, it's been looking at it's going to be Brock and Roman again. As Brock Lesnar won the Men's Royal Rumble because Brock Lesnar lost a drop the belt to Bobby Lashley thanks to interference from Roman. So now it's going to be another Roman. Versus Brock Lesnar Mania match, but this time Roman being heel and Brock being kind of like the babyface. And this is how Brock Lesnar is making jokes now. <coughs> so, compare to AEW, I'm looking forward to AEW Revolution. So, I'm looking forward to that. And then tomorrow night on Dynamite, make sure to catch it. MGF will be taking on CM Punk in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena. After a whole month, basically weeks of them back and forth. You know, trading promos that got to the point that got personal. Which is true, it got personal. So I'm looking forward to see that storyline. Hopefully it gets extended beyond the match. This revolution is in March. That's the next review for AEW, so I'm looking forward to that. And speaking of that, also um, Riho, who was the first woman AEW Women's Champion, announced that she suffered a broken collarbone and, and during one of her matches against Britt Baker a couple weeks back at Battle of the Belts. She's currently recovering in Japan. And then she she shared a picture on Twitter. She had her arm sling saying that she suffered a broken collar early in her match. But she thanked Brick Breaker that they were able to find a way to finish the match. And they were working way around the injury. When it happened. But then, happens when they get hurt. So, well wishes to Riho. Hopefully she recovers soon. Hopefully we'll see her back in the EW ring shortly. Okay. I don't know if you heard about this. Um, but I wanted to bring up... Before we get to the weird news, um, there's one more thing I want to talk about. Have you read the graphic novel, heard the graphic novel, Mouse? Yeah, I've read it. You hear about the school district that banned it? No. In Tennessee? But yeah. apparently there's, there's been a lot of book bannings this fucking past weekend. Apparently. So I'm surprised. Um, I'm going to pull it up right now. <sighs> yeah, apparently the school decided, you know, the school in Tennessee district decided, uh... Apparently, this is from Athens, Tennessee. School dresses from Athens, Tennessee. And what happens is, is this is a McCann County Board of Education Athens, Tennessee voter unanimously removed Miles from his 8th grade curriculum. 
The Tumblr board cited vulgar words that appear in the book as well as subjects they deem important for eighth graders. The school board's January 10th sparked widespread criticism in an interview with CNBC last week. Maker Spearman said he was baffled by the move calling it Orwellian. Yeah. Maker Spearman said Monday he was moved by the response by readers who said we'll use the money come. And this one thing is, it became like it became so great that it became a top seller on Amazon. Literally, I cannot find that book available right now. It's become Amazon's number one top seller right now. Yeah, I I read it when I was a kid because I came across it in the library because of the cover of it. Because it was it was made in 1986 and 1991. Yeah, it's it's literally just World War II Nazi Germany, but using Mao as a symbolism for yeah, it's based on those like his dad's experiences in the Holocaust, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's uh, which honestly to it's me really like, good. That's the reason why this was like all oh, because it's got vulgar's like animal. Like what? The no, it's it's it has that no. I mean, I haven't read the book in forever. Okay, but I know then how are you gonna see these, if you want to see if you want, you're gonna show eighth graders like honestly you don't want to show them the true pictures of the Holocaust. This is your best way of... That's so fucked. They don't show you the in the book, though. It's literally... It's animated like exactly what actually happens in World War II, though. It's like just what... Well, uh, what they want to do is retell history because they're mad that, that like... Here, I'll read this too. It's oh, man. This is what it says here. Mankind born to said the graphic novel was simply too adult-oriented and decided to use profanity, nudity, and depictions of violence and suicide. In the same last week, the board said it didn't dis- doesn't dispute that the points of teaching students about the Holocaust ask administrators to find more age-appropriate texts to accomplish the same educational goal. <laughs> That's this is, crazy. Here's another quote from the, from the school board. The atrocities of the Holocaust were shameful beyond description, and we all have obligation to ensure that younger generations learn from its horrors to ensure that such an event is not repeated. The board said in the statement last week, we simply do not believe that this work is an appropriate text for students to study. Wow. And it's funny because right now, apparently Tennessee's one of at least 12 states, including Texas, New Hampshire, and Idaho, that recently passed laws and issued rules on how schools and colleges can teach topics related to discrimination, race, and gender. Last yeah. year, I wrote a book challenges by parents under groups. It's record according to the record. So right now, that book has become the number one bestseller right now. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's and it's funny, too, a, a comic book store, I wonder if a comic book store says he's willing to ship uh, the book for free. Ship mouse free to anyone who asks in Tennessee their sick words ban. Thank you. This is what this guy said. He's the owner. Um, comic books. This is from that one article I just read. It was from the when I read that it came from the Washington Post. This one comes from our Washington Post as well. Um, the owner's name is comic book store owner Ryan Higgins. Was a teenager when he read Mouse, the Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel. Which I want. I gotta read it. I, I'm surprised I never came across it. The 1986 narrative sequel tells a horrible story of the author's father who survived the Auschwitz concentration camp. Books feature night mice's Jewish prisoners and cats as Nazi oppressors. We're soon among Higgins' favorites. He says here, Higgins says, reading Mouse opened my eyes. He says, I remember thinking yeah. this is about more than superheroes fighting bad guys. It was heartbreaking and emotional, and it brought a whole new window to something I had little knowledge about. Um, he owns the Comics Conspiracy Shop in Sanibel, California, near San Jose. He decided to make sure the shelves were always well stocked with cartoons, Art Spiegelman's story, telling his father about Lex Spiegelman's experiences in Wilson Trail for 16 years. That's been the case. When Higgins learned that they, in January 26th that the school board, you know, in Athens, voted unanimously to ban the book, he says, It's just a little bizarre. Actually, which is all costs are the most graphic nightmare just images in the world, he added. Why take Mouse out of the curriculum when it makes this when it makes this horror more teachable to a wider younger audience? Higgins says he has a hunch that sales to Graffinel was served, so he quickly ordered hundred copies of the complete mouse. Your way, I'll donate up to hundred copies of the complete mouse to any family in the McKinn. County in Tennessee, he wrote on Twitter. Just DM me your address. 
He will also pay for shipping. It says here, about 60 students and parents who reside in McKean County School District have contacted him wanting copies. He said he plans to ship them later this week. As soon as his book shipment arrives, his tweet has gone more than 12,000 likes. And apparently they're comparing it to when um, he's talking about the Texas School Board District is banned the graphic novel V for Vendetta and the comic book series Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. And it says they're using the same thing, offering Twitter to send copies to anyone district who wanted them. It says here... It says here, one uh, when people who heard from was Malachi Kate's 15 year old sophomore in McKinney County High School asking for a copy to his mother. It says Malachi said he felt embarrassed when he looked at his cell phone. I'm reading this from the article guy, so I'm paraphrasing and reeling it. Looked at his cell phone last week and saw the school board station make a ride. The kid said, oh, I was shocked completely what he had done. I haven't even read the novel, but when I heard about being banned, I knew I had to read it. When Malachi did a search on Twitter, he had about the controversy, came across against offer. He went home, asked his mom to request a free copy. Malachi said, Cindy Cates was happy to ask. Malachi came home from the school really upset about the school board banning the book. Neither of us wanted what they did representing where we're from. They were offended by the language? Are you kidding me? These kids have heard every swear word out there. Yeah. This is from a mom, guys. This is from a mom. Yeah. Malachi said he learned about the Holocaust in history class, but he looks forward to reading the personal story to a mouse. And then he says, from what I've seen online, it's an influential piece of work that shows, shows what actually happened. He said, history shouldn't be sugar-coated. Kids need to learn about this stuff. That's a really good quote. So this article was written in Washington Post by uh, um, Kathy Free. So, yeah, that's true. That's a good quote. History should not be sugarcoated. Teach it the way it was supposed to be taught. That's why I hate, like, growing up in school, we got taught one version. That's not when I went to, like, you know, when I went to college and I learned, I took history from other countries. And how, oh my God, compared to my history... At least European history. I took European history. That was much more fascinating. Because it wasn't sugar-coated. And you think about it. Thinking back in high school, they always sugar-coated American history. Never told the whole story. Well, let alone the right one. The right way, yeah. How we pretty much roll... How, how much our you know American ancestors roll away the Native Americans from the land and stuff. That wasn't peaceful. It was oppression. So I'm glad that you know, the work like this, I, I can't wait to get that book myself and read it once it's available because right now I'm, I'm waiting until it's available back in second Amazon. So I'm definitely going to, oh, maybe I'll go to Barnes and Noble and pick it up too. That's pretty good. So, yeah. Okay. About an hour in. So let's close up. That's one thing I want to do. So what do you think, Biko, up to all this? No, it's, it's a mistake. It shouldn't be done. Um, but... Unfortunately, it seems like it's going to continue to happen in some of the states that are a lot more conservative in their views, um, and it's just going to continue down to what we are, what we have seen for the past two decades, and what it seems like the powers that be that want to lead our country are exactly what they want, and that's. I guess we're going back down to materials now where each state's going to have the right to, I guess... They take what we can or can't read, basically. No, I guess... No, they want to... They want to read... Erase history. They want to... Yeah, they want to erase history and... And and it's... We all know history's written by the winners, not the losers, and unfortunately... Or people that were there. Or let alone people that were there. Um, So it's kind of fucked up that they're using this and, and they're taking a book... 
uh, and I've, I saw To Kill a Mockingbird was taken off um, from curriculums in a couple of schools in Texas too that they're people are protesting against. But like the one of the best books that like teaches you racial racial tensions and racial like relations. After the Dream Cove South, and and that is probably one of the best books that can that depicts both sides and, and both views, and just to take that away is is incredibly, incredibly, um, yeah, incredibly Orwellian, incredibly disturbing, and just and wrong. But obviously, these parents that are probably up for taking this out, who are have these positions on the boards, never read the book. And if they did, they didn't pay attention to it. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Um, these are the same people who probably claim that they read the Bible and it goes against the rights and never read the Bible once. So, or rights, beliefs, right? So it's very sad to see. Um, I would hope there are parents who are more involved in what... It's like I do like seeing parents being involved in what their kids are learning and stuff. But this is just, this is wrong. Um, it's just wrong on front. Like, yeah, sugarcoating things that actually happened. Um, and they're, they're, they do, but they do this with everything. So I'm not surprised this is uh, just the American of, way. It kind of reminds me of, like, too, I was watching this anime called 86. It's a light novel. It talks about, you know, it's a sci-fi, you know, mecha type show. And how it talks about these two countries that got into a war, the Republic of St. Magnolia and the Giant Empire. And that's funny about the Magnolia Empire. They pretty much, it's a nation of pretty much all white, silver hair, blue eye citizens where they took basically anyone that looked different from them and pretty much moved them to this district called District 86 where they pretty much put them in these juggernaut machines, operating machines, and they tell the public like through propaganda saying these are unmanned machines fighting against these AI power legion that the other nation created but turned on their masters. And so these kids, pretty much, they look different, are put into the fray to fight for the people that pretty much shun them and call them inhuman. It's a really good anime. Definitely, definitely need to be checked out. It's one of the nominations for Crunchyroll. And I just finished caught up right now. And the New York episode will be out in March. But it's up for a nomination for anime of the year. I wish I would have voted for that before I voted for Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. But it was really good. It talks about, you know, in this one major, Lena... Who is putting it as the handler through like a communication? She starts like saying these people are not a man. She gets to see the ways of her government. It's like yeah, these are people are human just like us. Why are we treating them different? And she tries her best to support them, you know. And she tries to push her message of you know equality and stuff. But of course, her superiors don't look, don't like it that way. And she's trying to fight against conformity. So it's really good. Definitely, it's a good series to check out. There's a light now. One thing they have a manga up right now. So, definitely that. And with that, we're going to close out with the weirdest news of the week. And this one comes from comicbook.com. <laughs> this is a good one, Biko. KFC unveils massive chicken sandwich pillows so everyone has something to cuddle on Valentine's Day. So, I guess with comic book time, written by Adam Bar. And quote. Have you ever want just wanted to cut up right next to a KFC chicken sandwich? Apparently, someone someone out there has because KFC is releasing a cuddle-sized version of its flagship sandwich. Tuesday, the fast food chicken joint reveals a struck a partnership with PillowPets.com to release a massive three 
feet-wide pillow that looks exactly like the chain's chicken sandwich. It's available for pre-order now. The pillow is a limited-time offering exclusive to PillowPets.com. According to the press release of the company, they want to get everything out of the door right in time for Valentine's Day. And they just put a twi- uh, quote on there on Twitter. Look at that. There's some pictures of it, dude. Look at this. That's so dumb. That's what they did when they decided to do um, a kernel dating simulator. Like an anime kernel's dating simulator, too. Like KFC's trying to be more in touch. And this is what their marketing, their chief marketer, uh, Nick Chavez, said. We set a new standard for modern comfort food and instructions of our KFC chicken sandwich last year. Now fans can snuggle it up with a sandwich they love, mostly thanks to our KFC chicken sandwich snuggler. The product listing on Polo's website includes a warning that the Polo looks so tasty, you might just drool on it. The vendor adds, Pillow is known for creating high and functional stuff companions made of high quality, super plush fabrics, bringing sense of comfort and to all age groups. In the KFC chicken sandwich snuggler is no exception. KFC's mouth watering chicken sandwich smuggler is just realistic looking double breaded, extra crispy chicken, breast filet, buttery brioche bun, thick pickles, and perfect amount of kernels, real mayo. So, what do you think of that, Pico, before we close off? Um, a waste, a waste of money. Thank you. I mean, Jake, how, yeah. I understand, I remember last year with the Popeye, the chicken sandwich wars, freaking ever since Popeye's came out with the chicken sandwich, and then Wendy's, then McDonald's, then Burger King, and now KFC dropping their head in the ring. It's like, it's like, I know it's a campaign to get people to eat more white meat than dark meat, but dude, come on. If you're really going to be obsessed to buy a pillow... Okay, I understand, you know, Otakus like ourselves would get body pillows of, uh, with the pillowcases of anime waifus. I mean, that's normal. Yeah, that's more common or not. Waifus and husbandos, but... To get an actual chicken sandwich as a pillow... Come on! It's a waste of money. Just get a better pillow. And that's not a chicken nugget. Maybe like one that's like a Snorlax or something. But not. I would just invest in the Snorlax. I saw that Snorlax. Have you seen the Snorlax? Big ass Snorlax pillow? Yeah. That no. looks badass, I've dude. I've seen a big I were... chicken nugget bean bag before. Man. I don't know, dumb. dude. So, that would do it for this week, guys. Um, Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, at Pop Talking. Make sure to like us on Facebook. And we just put a link of, if you want to leave a voice message... For the podcast, we just sent a link right now on Twitter, also on our Facebook page as well. Make sure to leave us a voice message of, you know, questions, you know, topic ideas, or things that you just want us to give our opinion on. Make sure to tweet us on there. Check out our merch store at spring.com. We got shirts. Don't worry, I'm not working on a t-shirt design. I'm working on a franchise loves anime t-shirt design that will be available soon. Um, I might do one for Biko and new shirt for Biko as well. Also, I want to thank our sponsor, Poddax, for sponsoring our podcast. Thank you so much for being our sponsorship. And if you also want to sponsor the podcast, you know where to find us. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor, our home platform. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Pandora. And many other podcast outlets. So we'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care. We'll see you guys again next time.